Welcome to Open Banking Expo Unplugged, bringing you the brightest minds in open banking, open finance and beyond. Hello and welcome to another episode of Open Banking Expo Unplugged. I'm Ellie Duncan, Head of Content at Open Banking Expo. And today I'm delighted to be joined by two guests. Uh, I have with me Jennifer Tramontana, who is the Executive Director of the Canadian Prepaid Providers Organization, or CPO, and Francisco Alvarez Evangelista, who is Advisor at IT Novarica Group. Now, they're here to talk about the Canadian prepaid market, uh, go into a bit more detail about, about why it's growing, what's in it for um, Canadian users, of course. And uh, they'll also be talking about some, some joint research they conducted recently and some of the key findings from that. So there's a lot to dig into, basically. And without further ado, uh, Jennifer, I'd like to start with you. Firstly, welcome to the podcast. Um, can you explain what it is that the CPPO does and how it represents the prepaid payments market in Canada? Hi, Ellie. Well, thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate you having us on the podcast to talk about the incredibly exciting growth in the Canadian prepaid market that we've witnessed not only over the last two years, but really collectively over the last uh, 10 to 15 years. So I'm very proud to be the executive director of the CPPO, and we formed in about 2015. We are the association that represents the prepaid industry in Canada. And for those who are familiar with prepaid, they know that this is really a fintech product that started more than a decade ago um, as really a card-based product, an alternative to bank accounts for maybe an underserved market. And it has grown dramatically over the past 10 to 15 years to become really a technology platform for payments innovation. And we are seeing that in the Canadian market. The reason we started the CPPO back in 15 is we saw that Canada was getting to that tipping point of, of growth in the market. It was moving beyond just the networks, processors, and banks. And there was going to be this, um, you know, uh, growth with what we now call fintech players joining the market. And we wanted to make sure we got it right from a regulatory perspective, from a, um, a way for uh, companies as well as governments, uh, representatives in market to be able to come together for innovation so that this industry could go re grow responsibly um, and really flourish as we um, enter into this you know, next, next decade of payments innovation. So that's what we do. We've got about 35 members now. We represent um, everyone across the prepaid ecosystem and value chain, both within Canada as well as many international members. Well, thank you again for coming on the podcast and, and we'll look forward to hearing more about, about that prepaid market and, and what you're doing in that space. So uh, for now, though, Francisco, I'm keen to hear from, from you. So can you explain a bit more about your role and um, also how ITA Novarica works with the CPPO and, and what, what you kind of specialise in? Of course. My name is Francisco Alvarez Evangelista. Um, I'm an advisor on ITA Novarica Group's retail banking and payments practice covering all things card issuing and alternative banking products. Uh, we are a global research advisory firm based in Boston and London uh, that focuses on the intersection of banking and the technology issues that impact the industry. Uh, for this initiative with the CPPO, we work in conjunction with the CPPO and its members uh, to size the open loop prepaid card market um, on a regular basis, 
using actual data metrics from providers themselves to more accurately uh, identify the market's true size and the trends that are shaping the Canadian prepaid economy. I'm looking forward to this conversation, Ellie. Thank you. Right. And you mentioned there, you know, that the fact that you you have a lot of data that can really um, perhaps paint a picture for our audience of exactly what Canada's prepaid market kind of looks like in terms of, of size and, and reach. So, um, Jennifer, can you tell us a bit more about that? And perhaps, Francisco, you can you can fill in with with any specifics in terms of data as well. So what we like to say in Canada is that prepaid is the rail that drives innovation. And I'm doing rails in air quotes for those who um, obviously can't see me since we're on a podcast. And the reason we think of it as its own rail um, is that truly anyone who is innovating in payments in Canada is using prepaid as the way to get into market. So everyone in financial services, from fintechs to established financial organizations, they're investing in digital-first financial products that offer prepaid. And increasingly, prepaid is really fitting into consumers' lives in terms of how they want to pay for goods and services. So prepaid is backing BNPL solutions, earned wage access, on-demand delivery. And then we're also seeing... Um, you know, neobanks or challenger banks become more niche in their focus. So whether it's around a certain affinity community or cultural or religious group or a certain type of worker like, you know, musicians or something like that, we're seeing that really uh, grow as well. And then the other thing that's really exciting is in the past, and it certainly accelerated over the past two years of COVID, we're starting to see business-based neobanks and a lot more use in the B2B expense and supplier payments. So for the first time um, since I've been working in prepaid in Canada, we really have those, those B2B use cases as well that are significant. And I won't take away from what uh, Francisco is going to tell you, but I will give you sort of the, the overall growth numbers. Um, the Canadian uh, market has grown 76% in terms of loads over the last two years. We're now an $8.5 billion industry uh, for a population of about 35 million people. So we're pretty excited about the growth. There's now 52 million prepaid card accounts in Canada, um, and it continues to, to grow. And we really feel like we're just on the tipping point of more dramatic growth. Yeah, I think some of those numbers might might come as a surprise to our audience. I mean, it sounds like a huge market. Fra- Francisco, can you fill in um, with a bit more detail there as, as well to, to really uh, give us an idea of, of the size of that market and its potential? Sure. So I think Jennifer was spot on on mentioning that uh, there is a lot of innovation and uh, diversity and types of programs and use cases for prepaid here. Uh, one thing that I do want to bring to light is that legacy programs do take up a lot of that growth as well. So and what I mean by that is programs that relate to prepaid that have been around for a long time now. You know, we think we talk about prepaid, it's hard to skip skip gift cards. You know, that's a large segment of the of the card market here. Uh, based on our research, gift card growth continues to uh, post gains in Canada. Um, you know, during the COVID-19 pandemic, obviously the consumers shifted more towards e-commerce and e-usage of gift cards and, all, and other types of prepaid card programs. But um, as, the, as the pandemic subsides, we will continue to see some of this growth. Um, overall, our research shows that not that pretty much every segment of the prepaid card market is growing. So um, corporate use cases, general purpose reloadable cards, uh, legacy programs associated with gift cards, uh, there are all, all sorts of innovation and all sorts of 
opportunity here for providers to continue to leverage, whether it's new technology or old use cases to solve new problems to uh, continue to uh, showcase how prepaid can make an impact to, cons- uh, to Canadians and Canadian consumers as well. Yeah, talking of, of, of which then, um, you've mentioned there that there are some, some newer use cases as well as perhaps um, old use cases um, being revisited. So how how are Canadian consumers set to benefit from the prepaid market and, and its growth? Sure. So first and foremost, I want to say that the most obvious benefit here is the benefit of choice. Uh, so prepaid and prepaid providers in Canada enable a diversity of programs that give the consumers options to select what best suits their needs, um, whether it's purchasing a gift card or even purchasing a travel card for uh, a travel loadable prepaid card for travel based purposes uh, or switching to a challenger bank account that uses a general purpose loadable card, prepaid card on the back end. Um, there are the Canadian prepaid economy and providers alike give consumers the options, which in turn, um, in my opinion, spurs growth and competition and uh, competition to uh, helps drive consumer prices down. So we see that, especially with uh, open loop general purpose loadable programs where challenger banks are making a dent to the overall market by offering a lower cost alternative uh, to Canadian consumers to bank on a regular basis that offers all the competitive features and functionality that a traditional bank account would offer. Um, so uh, with that diversity of choice, we see that diversity of competition um, in turns, in, in my opinion, spurs a healthy Canadian economy. I'd like to add to that, Ellie. So there's a, every country and every market is unique. And there are a few things that make the Canadian market uh, unique that, that others may not be aware of. So the Canadian market is dominated by very large financial institutions, um, huge big banks globally known like RBC, Scotia. Bank of Montreal and others. And that is also been reflected in how Canadians have um, approached their financial services. Um, almost anyone has a bank account. It's, you know, 99% of, of Canadians by most measures have a bank account. They may not be using it most effectively and they may be underbanked in some areas, but they have access to or have a, a bank account with a large financial institution. That's also led to sort of consumer um, comfort or apathy um, with their traditional financial services. And so creating market need from an understanding that there are other options is really important in Canada. Um, I actually live in the States. I'm Canadian, but I live in the United States and we have access to, you know, things like Venmo that I'm even surprised that my peers in Canada haven't even heard of. It may not be available, but they haven't even really heard of it because Canada has created sort of its own system through its debit card network, Interact e-transfer that, you know, people use to do sort of what we would call, I guess, peer-to-peer money transfers. So that is starting to change. We are definitely seeing an uptick in Canadians sort of realizing that there are other ways to do things that are uh, more efficient, definitely more cost-effective, and that's available. On the other side, Canada is also takes pride in that very stable, safe, and secure banking and financial system. And that was truly proven out after the financial crisis in, in 2008 and 2009. Um, the Bank of Canada, their, their number one goal and priority is security and safety in the system. And so that can sometimes come at a cost 
of new innovation that can seem risky if the you know entire reason debt is around safety and security. But we're seeing that change now. And in fact, we just had a conference last week, our first in-person conference in two years, and we had um, several representatives from government and members of parliament who really just very bluntly stated that, you know, we can't go rely on this narrative that Canada really came out and did incredibly well after the financial crisis. It was in 2008, it's 2022, and we, we need to, you know, have a new narrative for ourselves and ensure that having competitive financial services that are, of course, safe and secure and meaningful to Canadians is a way that we've got to move forward. Yeah, I think uh, that that's a really interesting point. And and on that, was there anything in particular that, that your recent kind of research has found when it comes to sort of innovation in this space or, or any other particular findings that, that point to that? Um, Francisco? Sure. So, um, one of the use cases that Jennifer alluded to earlier was buy not pay later. So, uh, without prepaid cards and prepaid technology and the innovation and ingenuity of these providers, there would be no buy not pay later. And what I mean by that is that today, most buy not pay later transactions leverage virtual prepaid cards on the back end, uh, to settle merchant transactions and to, in essence, pay the merchant uh, immediately and then. On the, on the front end of the consumer side, they don't necessarily, they may not necessarily know that there's a prepaid cart there being leveraged to conduct and, you know, facilitate this transaction, but it's there to make it in, because it's a more efficient way to, you know, settle these transactions with merchants themselves. They're familiar with the cart networks. They, they are able to accept cart payments and getting them paid via the, um, you know, via a prepaid card is much more efficient than settling, you know, on the back end with a financial institution. So, uh, without prepaid cards, uh, something like that would not be able to happen. And this, you know, this could also be said about on-demand delivery, earned wage access. So many of these concepts that are trendy and new for the fintech space, um, oftentimes they're pioneered by the prepaid card providers themselves. So uh, it's important to note that a lot of these consumer things are consumer facing concepts and trendy and uh, buzzy types of innovation in fintech. Um while it remains, you know, to be seen how it changes in the coming year or two, and we will be uh, specifically tracking how this market changes as well. Um, it's important to note that uh, leveraging prepaid cards is a much far more efficient way to solve these use cases and in turn give consumers that option to make new ways to pay, get paid and manage their money. It really fits into Canada's push for payments modernization that has been going on for several years and that we see in other countries as well. You know, the fact that prepaid can be physical plastic, contactless, or digitally delivered, um, as Francisco was saying, is huge. It's governed by the payment card network rules. All the regulators, um, OFC, FinTrack, FCAC, all of Canada's regulators, it adheres to all of their requirements. It's issued by the major card networks, used as the existing rails, and adheres to all applicable consumer protections, AML, and privacy requirements. I mean, it's truly... When when you go and meet with, um, you know, government entities and, you know, new entrepreneurs that start to understand the value of prepaid and how quick and nimble it is to put in market, but also how it's really so safe and secure on the back end and adheres to all regulatory requirements, it is truly, um, you know, the, the most perfect solution um, and also allows both Canadian small businesses you know, even some enterprise businesses and consumers to have access to these these new solutions in a way that are safe and secure. 
Yeah, and, and I think it, it might be helpful for our audience, um, maybe rather than just talking about Canada's market in, in isolation, perhaps, Jennifer, you can kind of describe how it compares to other prepaid markets, you know, like like the US, for example. Sure. So, well, a couple of things. So when we grew 76% over the last two years, and by other numbers I've seen, uh, the U.S. growth in the prepaid market was about 52% over the last two years. So also huge, but we're growing faster. Um, we often use a rule of one-tenth. Canada's about a tenth of the size of the U.S. And so we, you know, as kind of a back-of-the-envelope rule of thumb, most um, folks in industry, any industry in Canada, kind of assume that Canada would be about a tenth of the size of the U.S. We're not there yet, which tells me that there's lots of room to to grow. There's another area that Canada is um, very different from other markets and that utilizing prepaid for government um, disbursements has not been utilized in a significant way. There are programs, um, but in terms of um, large scale distribution to that kind of 10% of the population who are underbanked by choice, it hasn't been used as a check replacement. Um, it also hasn't really been used in sort of emergency uh, funding mechanisms. So we feel like there's a ton of opportunity there just looking at other markets around the world who are much more mature using prepaid for some level of government disbursements or emergency um, relief benefits. And Francisco, is that something that that you found as well a kind of potential gap there in the market that that prepaid would kind of fit be a natural fit for really absolutely so as jennifer mentioned that one-tenth rule uh based on other reputable sources that i've seen that have sized the u.s market uh we estimate that it's about 50 times larger and i think jennifer spot on there that government use cases are the big disclaimer here um, in the U.S., COVID relief came in, you know, for millions of Americans via prepaid cards, um, you know, that leveraged uh, prepaid technology and, um, you know, sent billions of dollars to, to U.S. consumers via stimulus checks. So I'm sure you, uh, even in the U.K., I'm sure you heard of those, Ellie, and uh, a lot of the audience here is familiar with those. Um, but as Jennifer mentioned, you know, um, as the market continues to grow here and as there's more visibility into prepaid uh, we hope that Canadian governments, uh, not just necessarily at the federal level, but at the province level, we know that about 10 to 14 percent of Americans are unbanked, underbanked in some capacity, uh, most of them by choice. Some of them, uh, unfortunately, that's uh, that's where they're at right now. But uh, that number is significantly lower in Canada based on other sources as well. So there are some you know, market disclaimers here. But with that being said, you know, there is still plenty of opportunity to leverage prepaid. Uh, for new use cases in government and also in corporate use cases, you know, that is um, in the U.S., you know, uh, when I think of corporate use cases, it's hard to skip all the telecom and all the rebate commercials we get for uh, trading in your phone and getting, you know, a, a prepaid card with $250 on it. You know, um, some of that, some of those segments uh, based on our research are a little bit uh, less developed in Canada. And again, it has to do with the fact that the Canadian market is far more uh the Canadian consumer is far more financially uh, developed than uh, the American consumer. But for the most part, uh, some of those differences can be made up through new use cases. And uh, so we am looking forward to continuing to track this market with the CPPO and learning more about how we can be leveraged in creative use cases to solve consumer problems. So anyone would like to add? 
Yeah. So on the U.S. market, um, we have a really robust incentive uh, market in the U.S., and that's a num- in an, across a number of areas. So uh, consumer rebates, um, business to business incentive, business to consumer incentives, um, and that's an area that certainly exists in Canada, but there's a lot of runway for growth on that. Um, expense management is a big area that is just starting to take off in Canada, and certainly that's been accelerated by COVID and the pandemic and the need for, um, you know, going paperless. Uh, So finally, we're seeing some some movement there. The other area would be in um, using prepaid for payroll disbursement. So in Canada, what we're generally seeing with respect to earned wage access is mainly across the gig economy and moving into more contractors, but not from a um, pure uh, employee-employer relationship. And that is deep, much deeper in the U.S. And I think we will see that also change in Canada as well. Great. And kind of finally, then, I sort of wanted to ask a bit more about um, kind of regulation of, of the prepaid market in Canada. I know there's often a bit of push and pull between, you know, the regulator and and kind of industry players who obviously want to innovate and, and the regulator often wants to protect consumers. So, um, Jennifer, how firstly, how is the market regulated and in what ways is that regulation kind of helping and perhaps maybe even hindering, do you think? Sure. So what I can tell you are the two areas that we are really focused on from the CPPO perspective. So number one is Canada is a federalist system. So we have federal regulations and then we have provincial regulations. And we are looking for some level of harmonization of regulations across the provinces that um that that make it uniform for how to offer a modern prepaid program and market. So as you can imagine, Canada's got some much smaller provinces, uh, just like we have in the States. We have smaller states. Um, and they have, you know, on their books, regulations of prepaid that really refer to closed loop gift cards from 15, 20 years ago. And as we've been talking about today, these aren't we're not talking about closed loop gift cards anymore. We're talking about, you know, financial tools that are, um, you know, being used in consumers' lives in a totally different way than a, you know, Tim Hortons or a Shoppers Drug Mart gift card. So we are trying to get to the point where all of our members can offer these across every province in Canada and feel like the regulations are similar. Secondarily, um, we need to make sure that there is an AML anti-money laundering regime that fits the problem. So we are um, absolutely in favor of strong and stringent anti-money laundering regulations and believe that our members adhere to those effectively and even, um, you know, go beyond in many cases. But we also want to make sure that we are not, um, you know, creating an AML environment that is in search of a problem that doesn't exist. Uh, And this has happened in other countries as well. You know, I don't think anybody wants their grocery clerk to be asking them for personal identifying information and their address every time they buy a prepaid card. Um, Just because, you know, you cross a border uh, with a prepaid instrument, just like you do with your debit card, there shouldn't be, you know, different concerns or rules or or concerns that this is, um, you know, different funds going across border without any tracking. As I said before, all of these products are um, regulated 
um, by financial institutions, governed by all of the regulators in Canada, issued by the networks, adhere to all those privacy regulations. So we just want to make sure um, that the regime fits uh, the risk. And we're very much on board with that and working with our regulators to make sure that happens. Thanks, Jennifer. And Francisco, is, is there anything that has come to light in, in your research when it comes to regulation of, of this industry and how that might look in the future? Uh, not necessarily, but the one thing I will say to echo Jennifer's comment here is that if you don't treat, if you wouldn't treat a debit card program like that, I don't think it's appropriate to treat the prepaid program. So in the U.S., we have a uh, rules and regulation that centers around prepaid use. You know, the CFPB has uh, several years ago, uh, you know, published the prepaid account at, the prepaid access rule uh, that governs how prepaid accounts are are uh, sell sold to consumers, how how their um, how consumer disclosures are shared, uh, puts rules and regulation around how providers are supposed to share that data with the CFPB. Uh, what we've seen in turn is that a lot of prepaid providers instead shifted away from prepaid uh, uh, issuing and just started to issue debit. You know, it was not necessarily entirely to avoid a lot of those rules, but in turn do avoid a lot of those requirements. So uh, what I like, the reason I'm mentioning that is because that's showcases how creating specific rules and requirements on one rail of cards uh, while not necessarily taking into account the entire financial services market uh, creates an uneven competitive landscape uh, that in turn uh, can negate growth and opportunities related to uh, development and, and uh, uh, development of prepaid cards for consumer and corporate use. So that's my disclaimer here. It says, you know, as we continue to uh, track the regulatory environment, and I know Jennifer's team will be uh, front and center as it pertains to some of the new rules and regulations that can come around prepaid. Uh, my biggest uh, takeaway is that if we wouldn't if we wouldn't treat debit cards that way, we shouldn't treat prepaid cards that way as well. Well, Jennifer and Francisco, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been great to hear more about this market. There's obviously lots of, of potential kind of growth opportunities there. Um, and, uh, you know, we look forward to, to hearing more about that at Open Banking Expo. So thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Ellie. My thanks again to Jennifer and Francisco for joining me on today's podcast and giving us those insights into Canada's prepaid payments market. Definitely a really exciting growth area for sure. And uh, one that we'll be following on Open Banking Expo. If you want to listen back to other recent episodes of Open Banking Expo Unplugged, then just head to the on-demand section on the website. For now, goodbye.